Welcome to another edition of the Connor's Corner Podcast. I want to thank you for taking some time to listen to the show. Um, always uh, very thankful and, and happy to be in a position where I can share my thoughts, interests, feelings, information that I feel is, you know, that I need to document down uh, digitally just, you know, in case I need to go back or hopefully it can help somebody or enlighten somebody and they can share it with somebody else. So if, you, if, you, if you're a listener, tell a friend and tell a friend and tell a friend. All right, tune in. You know, chop in, chop it up with me, tap in, you know, if you want to be on the show, let's let's make it happen. Let's discuss some things. So um, today I'm going to talk about a few things. I'm going to talk about weddings and funerals um, and, and where they sit in the hierarchy of importance emotionally for you to be there as far as supporting people. I'm also going to talk about a cellular phone fast that I went on, which was pretty cool. Um, it was something that, you know, just kind of came over me in the midst of, of some negative feelings and it was the right thing to do, and then I came out uh, feeling better for it. And we're going to also talk about care for black men. You know, so often in the black community, relationships don't work. They don't pan out. Expectations ain't met. Goals ain't set. Communication is bad. Um, fidelity is not good. Promiscuity goes on. Secrets, lies, all these things go on. And so I'm just gonna tap into some some information that, you know, coming from a black man to how to care for a black man, in my opinion. So it's gonna be three segments of heat, straight from the gut, straight from the soul. I'm giving you nothing but truth today, all right, on the Connor's Corner Podcast. I think now is probably a good time as any to talk about care for black men in relationships. And while we struggling so much out here in the black community, specifically, because that's the one I know most about, while we struggling with these relationships between men and women now, I got several friends. I mean, you know, I don't have a million friends, but I got, well, I got a lot of friends, but I got some closer friends that are here in Georgia with me. And I have witnessed, I've witnessed so many divorces in the last two to three years including my own breakup, that it's just amazing to me how on different pages black men and black women are and how love is not reigning supreme in these situations for these people because to take the step to be in a relationship in this day and age is saying a lot. You know, it's so much temptation. There's so much, so many things out there that when you find a man that actually wants to settle down and be with you and try to build something or grow and grow with you or just be connected with you because you feel like their companion or their soulmate or it feels right, women got to know how to care for that situation and not always be so quick to just project how to care for them above reciprocity. Like, so just as much as women need care and we hear all about it and they quick to tell everybody all about it, men need to be cared for in a certain way, especially the type of guy that wants to build something because he's up against more than the average guy out here that don't really want to build nothing with people. And I ain't saying it's an equal amount, probably. It's probably equally as many people that want to be with folks as people that don't. But care for a black man got to be gentle, man. You got to understand a black man's stress. You got to understand a black man's ambition, a black man's anxiety, a black man's trust issues. 
The black man is almost the lowest man, at least in our country, consider it the lowest man on the totem pole of races, cultures, and ethnicities. And it's a lot of stress, inherent stress that comes with that. Stress of being dumb, stress of being a jock, stress of being special ed students, stress of being a, a, a criminal, stress of being sneaky, stress of being uh, promiscuous. Every type of label that you can think of that's negative gets assigned to black men. So all we do is fight labels. So when we find a woman we want to confide in and be in and be under, we need to have proper care, man. Like, it can't just be, all right, you want me. Well, nigga, you got to do this, do this, do this. Put a ring on it, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's a lot of emotional baggage that black men are naturally going to come with. Father issues, family issues, you know what I'm saying? Watching how their mothers may have been treated. Watching how society tells them to treat people and who they are on TV, who they are on radio. It's a lot of stereotypes that, unless you're a black man, you don't even really understand what we up against. And unless you really think about it, you don't even know what you up against. You're just out here up against it with no clue. You fighting battles all day, every day. So man, for my female listeners out there, man, if you if you dealing with somebody, man, you got a man, man, learn how to figure out, take the time and listen. So that when he ain't, when he mad and just talking or saying some shit, what is he really saying beneath the surface of them words? Or if he mad and being distant and just go walk away and want to be by himself or be away from you for some time, what do you think he really saying with his actions or inactions? Take some time and try to figure it out. Look inside. Look at your brothers. Look at your uncles. Look at your cousins. Fuck, ask them. Ask them. It's people you got a good enough relationship with that you can ask and get an honest answer. Even if it ain't your spouse or your mate. Because you know, we all gonna lie to each other. Humans are gonna lie to each other, especially when they in relationships trying to be monogamous. Or they being macho. Or they playing tit for tat. Or they don't want to necessarily show this side of themselves or show too much weakness. Black men struggle with being vulnerable. Black women need to know that. All women that deal with black men need to know that. You don't want to know why it's so easy to run to a white boy. White boy got it fucking good. White boy's straight. White boy ain't worried about over half the shit I'm worried about in life. So hell yeah, knowing how to treat you, shit, that's nothing. Every man in his family does it. He's seen that shit a million times over. Money... They don't even think about money the way that we do. They always have it. So that's my rant on that, man. But care for black men is something to get well overlooked, man. And I hope in the future we can do better with that because maybe the relationships will be better, the families will be stronger, the communities will be stronger. So I'm the type of person that believes that funerals are more important to attend than weddings. 
Weddings are all a good time. They're celebrating love. It's a lot of phoniness in there. It's a lot of people that's there for the dinner. It's a lot of people there for the show, to see people, to meet people, to be seen with people, um, you know, to get dressed up, whatever reason. But the funeral. Oh, man, and we all been to funerals. You know, everybody don't necessarily go to weddings, but... I've been to weddings and funerals here recently, and man, I'm telling you, it's so much more emotional. It's so much more emotionally important to be there for people on a funeral day than it is for a wedding day. That is just, it's just unbelievable. A funeral is so much more encompassing of everybody that had contact with that person. And caring for and loving the people that lost the closest one to them. And man, this funeral I went to in September, man, my stepsisters, just to hear some, man, and I've been to a lot of funerals and I've said good things about people at funerals, but to hear the outpouring of love people have for that young lady and the good positive things they said about her you know, she had a funeral before she ever had a wedding day. And I'm just thinking that, man, I don't know that a wedding day, I mean, although obviously she would still be here to enjoy it, I don't know that a wedding day would have evoked as much respect and emotion and admiration and uh, leadership. And like people was talking about wanting to be like this girl at her funeral. It was just amazing to see so many kind words about a person. And I ain't saying we should live for that. But like, shit, my dad been married five times. So what the hell do a fucking wedding really mean? You know what I'm saying? Some people been married multiple times. A wedding mean a high-ass bill, some good food, jury exchange, dancing, drinking, uh, picture taking, and going home. Getting dressed up and going home. I mean, you know, it's a celebration. You know, it's basically like a dress up. It's a dress up night to go hang out. But I just think it's so much more important to be there for people during a loss than it is, you know, necessarily than to be there for a game. People are always gaining and attaining things. And unfortunately, half of marriages don't work anyway. But death is certainly final. And it's a more of a, it's more, I think people are gonna remember you more by whether you came or didn't come to their funeral, a funeral that they that, that they may have needed your support for as opposed to a wedding or something that you may have missed. I think you get a pass if you miss a wedding. I think it hurt a little bit more if you ain't there to support somebody at the, in, in, in the time of a loss. So I had a situation going on where my emotions were up and down. And I found myself in the need of a break. A break from just communicating. Over communicating with people, not necessarily information in, but information out. And uh, I was saying things to certain people and I wasn't necessarily liking the way I was sounding. and. I wasn't liking the way I was feeling about it. And um, 
what I realized was that what I was doing was using my cell phone as a diary. Well, I was using my cell phone as a notepad. And what I was doing was writing things down based on my feelings and expressing that in an angry, evil, mean fashion. And what I had to realize was that just because the phone is the device that's closest to me don't mean that that's where I should be writing my notes or expressing all my emotions or expressing all my thoughts. You know, you can write poems, not necessarily poems, but you can even just write down how you feel. You can write the words that you might want to say to somebody. You know, you probably would never say them to somebody in their face, but you can write down all the most venomous and evil and hurtful things that you may want to get out, things you may, you know, you wish you could say to somebody, but instead you just need to get it off your chest. I don't know about y'all, but some people are like that. And I'm one of them people. Sometimes I just got to yell, scream, fuss, and cuss just to get it out. You know what I'm saying? And, uh... What I realized was that I was doing that and it wasn't doing nothing but taking my deepest, darkest, evilest, or most evil words and um, I was giving them to people to read. And that shit ain't for nobody to read. If you can't say it to somebody's face, you shouldn't really be saying it at all. And while I was, so, so during this time, I decided that I wasn't really pleased with how I was behaving with my phone, so I decided to go on them a cellular phone fast. And so what that was, is I just turned the power off of my phone, man, and just cut it off and lost it, to be honest with you. Just kind of like purposely lost it. And uh, decided to live my life in reality and deal with people face to face and the people that I do deal with face to face, just be in, in the moment and more present with those things that, you know, that I do get to experience in reality, the things that I'm in touch with nature about, people I'm in nature, in touch with nature about. And um, during that time, I was watching Bill Maher, and I found this clip with actually, which actually helped me feel like God was talking to me about what I was doing and that maybe I was doing the right thing. Show about two, three weeks ago, very recently, about the phone. Basically, and the basic thesis of it was straightforward. The phone makes people assholes. <laughs> assholes. This is not crazy people. This is everybody. It makes you shady, passive-aggressive, needy, fake, and mean. Yeah. All those things. Yeah. That phone in your... And especially people who are on it all the time, which yeah. is the younger generation. Yeah. Would you agree with that assessment? Oh, oh, completely. I mean, it breaks the, the, the way that evolutionarily, you know, people, you know, people like Brett Weinstein or others have said, fundamentally, we were running an evolutionary meat suit living in modernity. So, you know, E.O. Wilson said the problem of humanity is we have paleolithic brains and meat suits, but we have godlike technology, we have medieval institutions. And so if, if I say something to you and it hurts your feelings, I can see that I have evolved instincts to know right. I can read it on your face. My, my you said meat system. suit, and you saw I was delighted. <laughs> exactly. So, so I get delighted on the other Whereas side. Whereas if you t texted, I might be meat suit. What does he mean by that? There's no emoji. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's saying I... Yeah. And so it, it breaks the feedback loop. Right. So when we say humane technology, what we're talking about is technology that actually points the mirror back at ourselves and learns what does it mean to be human? What are those natural abilities to empathize with each other? And we need more of this. We need more of... Um, you know, one of the reasons we're so vulnerable to addiction is when we, it's, it's addiction is hyper normal stimuli. You COVID or because we're on our phones all the time, 
um, we, we're more vulnerable to that addiction. So the, the less fulfilling our natural environment is, the more vulnerable we are to the hypernormal stimuli of outrage, limbic hijacks, addiction, and so on. All right. So that was the voice of Tristan Harris. And um, needless to say, I was a bit delighted in my soul to, um, to have come across that episode without, you know, when I was on this break from my phone, because, you know, hearing that is exactly what I was going through. And um, I wanted to get more of a connection with the natural world and my natural world and specifically look at the faces and see the people and deal with them only and not be distracted by a phone. You know, and um, it was very enlightening. It felt it felt very good. A lot of things were revealed to me. I didn't have to work hard for them. Um, things, I was able to read a lot of things that made sense out of a lot of the things I had been dealing with relationship-wise. Um, spiritually, I was able to really focus in and hone in on my spirit. And, um, you know, all of that was helpful to me. So, man, I would advise you to try. I'm going to try to go longer. So I went, uh, my goal was to go two days. I decided to go a week, and then the sad part about it was I was actually kind of sad to turn my phone back on. I was enjoying just being away from it for so long. I actually felt sad having to turn it back on, but um, it was interesting. I'm going to try to go for two weeks next and then, you know, see how far I can go at some point, just taking a fast from cellular life. As always, I thank you for taking 15, 20 minutes to listen to the Connors Corner podcast. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Like we said, if you're not listening or if you are listening, get somebody else to listen if you can get some good information there. All right. As always, we want to leave on a positive note. Um, and I'm going to give you some words of encouragement. Today's quote of the day is going to be, take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. And that's from Martin Luther King Jr. And, and thinking about that, it's all about faith. You know, men are going to lie. Women are going to lie. People are going to do what people on earth do. Lie, steep, chill, kill, rape, hurt you. Do all types of things that humans are capable of doing. That could be done to you. But if you want to move forward, and if you want to enjoy this thing called life and get to living all right you got to be willing to take the first step in faith and faith is not having an idea of what's going to come after the second step after the first step but you take it believing in something all right i'm gonna leave y'all with that and i'm out